this girl, I don't know if she wants me to say her name, so I'm not going to, but she said, I just recently found your podcast. I love it. I'm especially fond of the shows where it's just you two. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't have to fucking be here. Uh, <laughs> I'm currently listening to episode 61 and was doubled over laughing at the comments about how you know someone is a legit doctor. So, and that was the more that was the more family cult where uh, the, the oh doc- yeah yes yeah the, the doctor the- just kept shoving papers like here's my certificate from doctors association <laughs> yes yeah the doctor who kept uh, texting yes kept texting you, you know? yeah <laughs> kept texting to rub rub down a thirteen year old girl's vagina that's gonna be the best way to get rid of the cancer <laughs> Cash is upset. He's walked away, and he's not doing the podcast. <laughs> really? No, no. Yeah, she's really gonna like this episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna say a fucking thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not what she meant. It let's, is. Let's, she hates me. Oh. And <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, everybody. Um, I'm gonna let Cash do the intro this time because Woo. I've I've prepared uh for the month of October, uh. A series of spooky cases because I love Halloween, and the first one we're starting with is scoop is Scooby is spooky, <laughs> <laughs> and because it and when I read it I was like holy shit that could be anybody, and you'll Ooh. see what I mean. Uh, yeah. So we're is that the intro or are we still no catch? no we're okay. still no, uh, the- boys and ghouls welcome <gasps> to the bloody podcast. Today we will talk about <clears throat> Today we will talk about missing girls from the 1700s and now on with the show. That's more terrifying than the voice. Yeah. Today we're talking about Elizabeth Brownrigg, who was a torturer Ooh. in the 1700s. Elizabeth Ooh. Brownrigg was born in 1720 and we don't know a whole lot about her because she was born in the 1700s. So all we, we mostly just know about her, her crimes. We don't know a lot about her before that. But we do know that she was, uh, she was born into a family with the surname Hartley. Or it might have been Hartley. I don't know. Different <laughs> accounts. <laughs> if that matters to you. She can either be an Elizabeth Hartley. And maybe she's related to you. Or she could be an Elizabeth Hartley. And- or it could be Elizabeth Hartley. the hartleys or hartleys were a working class family and nothing particularly of note was ever recorded about them or her in their in her upbringing that's a that's a fancy way to say bitch be boring uh she married young when she was still a teenager to james brownrigg a plumber apprentice and the godfather of soul yeah is it james brown what Brown Rig, B-R-O-W-N-R-I-G-G. After they got married, Elizabeth gave birth 16 times. God damn. With 13 of them dying young. Jesus. Could you imagine? And like 16 times like in the past with like the past medical health, like health care. Right. Non-existent, basically. I imagine around number four, you're like... Oh, you feel it. Healthcare back then was just like people giving you advice like they do now. Like, yeah. oh, you don't feel good? You should drink a you sh- you should drink a coke. That'll yeah. help. <laughs> like that, that's what it was back then. And then like midwives just gave you like towels. Can I recommend um a pack of cigarettes and a two liter of Coca Cola? <laughs> Also, it was also like a, it's for your oh yes yeah. for your ulcer yeah of course yeah. let's pack that dirt in there jab yourself with a spoon it's also like a lot of bloodletting too it's like I think uh, I'm bleeding internally well then we got to get the blood outside so oh bloodletting I completely forgot about bloodletting we won't even yeah. get into the bloodletting just because this this particular case gets so sadly brutal that bloodletting oh. is kind of the least of your problems Brutality. all right. <laughs> yes, brutality. Thank yes. you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, thank you. <laughs> hey, you're a part of this. 
voice. You're a part of this, whether you like it or not. I'm going to call him Wishmaster because that's what we're watching right we now. We were watching the Wishmaster. All right. <laughs> Wishmaster. You're a part of this, buddy. Great to be here. In the research I was doing, I found speculation that maybe she killed them, like now knowing later on what she did. But in, I think personally that maybe this is what drove her to kill later on because she didn't exhibit any particular signs, at least not nothing that was recorded when she was young, about being particularly fond of torture or hurting others. So you think that the child loss inspired her to want to do bad things i think it's a theory i mean i don't know there's you know we don't there's just not enough to we know about her yeah but i think so it's a solid theory i mean 13 children dying that's a small that's a small kindergarten class that is (laughs) yes that's like half of the first graders i if if half of the first graders i uh student teach for just disappeared i'd be like sweet have to (laughs) I'm not doing good at this teaching thing, guys. I really like how you said it, too. It was just joyful. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. I'm going to go get a smoothie. All right. <laughs> Bye, kids. <laughs> In the 1760s, business got good for James, and he became, I guess he became an official plumber. You know, that takes a long time. It, it, he was a plumber's apprentice, so that's a really shitty job. Anyway, he became a plumber. And then he bought two homes. He bought one in London, and he bought them a country home in Islington. Fucking shit pays. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But well, I mean, homes trade. back then were like, you know, a, a goat and a mule. That's what, how much they cost. So <laughs> they're packing up to go to the summer home, and they just get to a field. He's like, "There it is. This is it. Yeah. It's a goat. This is exactly what." Yeah, we can no. live inside the goat. Yeah. This isn't like America during the time of like the benders where like your mansion was a shack. It's <laughs> it's <laughs> London. So they had like castles and shit. Right. Yeah, yeah. A house is a, it's a nice big house. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> uh, so they moved into uh, an area called Fleur de Lis in London. Oh, the Fleur de Lis. Yeah. Elizabeth worked as a midwife. And she was well esteemed by her colleagues for her work. She was even appointed as official midwife of her nearby parish, where she oversaw the care of poor and destitute women in labor. Which is nice. And it was just her going, come on, baby. Come on. (laughs) Come on, baby. Breathe. (gasps) (gasps) (sighs) It annoys me. It wasn't even breathing. It was like, she was like, suck in your breath and hold it. (laughs) Like, that was the medicine back then. Whenever I watch uh, people uh, giving labor on TV and the person next to them is doing the breathing, I get really annoyed with the person for the mom because I know they're just try- trying to remind her to like how to breathe. But in my head, I'd be like, shut the- stop breathing on me. Stop. So I should not do that when, when we have a kid. I don't know. Remember this for the future. <laughs> no, I, I already I can imagine. And if I was next to you, I was just going, okay, come on. <laughs> you'd be like, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah. We'd laugh for like a split second. You'd be like, seriously, stop. <laughs> what you in the face? Because you would turn it into like a, you'd be like, howie. Oh, yeah. We are away. Yeah, and there, there would be a bit. And then I would come in, I'd be like, oh, what? And you'd be like, God damn it, Lauren, get out of here. <laughs> like, okay, let's just finish this number real quick. Three minutes. <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth became so successful as a midwife that in 1765, she went out looking for her own apprentice. She Ooh. headed towards London's Foundling Hospital for a candidate. London's Foundling Hospital was a children's home that was meant to take care of and educate abandoned or disadvantaged children. Uh, they, mm. used, they used the term hospital somewhat loosely because they were referring more to the hospitality side of taking care of people and less, oh. so, yeah, less so a medical in- institution, like a hospital <laughs> like we think of it today. So more of a hospice. Yeah. 
Kind of. I thought, I thought you were, when you said hospital somewhat loosely, I thought you meant they said like, hospital. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Man. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, you know, as the British, as the British are wont to do. Just... That is the All worst right. joke I've heard this entire quarantine. When I've lost, when I've lost cash, that that's when I know I need to stop. All right. All right, guys. Reeling it back. Oh, my God. But they did have their own hospital ward inside the hole. It's basically like a shelter of sorts. Okay. Oh. Almost like a halfway home in the sense. But they were supposed to provide education and, you know, also help the older kids once they started taking older kids and help them find work. But gotcha. they focused more on the work part and way less on the education part. So the hope when you sent your kid there or when you when kids ended up there was that a tradesperson would make you their worthy apprentice and you move in with them and learn a trade, which would, you know, alleviate like poor parents trying to take care of their children. Mm. The institution would pay five dollars to the mother or guardian and in exchange the kid would work as an apprentice for whichever upstanding citizen came by with a fitting opportunity. Every kid came with a 30-day trial before all parties had come to the agreement that the kid was a good fit. So, on that day, Elizabeth chose 14-year-old Mary Mitchell for the job. Elizabeth treated Mary well for 30 days. She technically had full control over her, but she fed her well, sat her with the rest of the family at dinner, and treated her kindly overall. It was only a few days after everyone shook hands, basically, about, like, made the deal that she would become her official apprentice, that Elizabeth's treatment of Mary began to worsen by the hour. She began with asking Mary to lift heavy objects, and when little Mary failed, she would berate her and scoff her, and scoff at her. Then she stopped letting Mary eat at the table and forced her to wait on the floor for table scraps like a dog. Oh my god, oh dude. Oh my god. What a quick dive. Mm-hmm. I know. What a bitch. Yeah. When Mary would complain of hunger, she would yell at her for that too. Elizabeth wasn't shy about her behavior either. She humiliated the girl in front of her husband James and their son John all the time. A a note here is that they never mentioned the other two children who survived because she had three children who survived and they only ever talk about John. It seems John was the only one that lived with them. I guess the other two bounced. Probably. I wonder if it's because she's a female or if she would have treated a boy this way too. But yeah, it's crazy that she just went from zero to a hundred so quickly. I feel like it's because they're female. I'm not, I don't have anything to back that up with. But the other two people in her life were male. Yeah. And the women that she was, she was only killing girls or? Yeah, but she could also probably only get women as her apprentice. Oh, Right? Because she's a midwife. So. Yeah. Okay. I see. Yeah, that makes sense. One day, as soon as Mary went into the kitchen, Elizabeth forced her to take off all her clothes and put on rotting rags that she had found in the basement. Jesus. Yeah. While James and John smiled and watched, Elizabeth beat Mary and kept calling her a dirty slut. Wait, they they smiled and watched? Yeah, they just sat there and smiled and watched. Oh, this is a whole fucked up family, man. Mm -hmm. Well, that also kind of seems like a British disposition. It's like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going (laughs) to (laughs) smile. Hello. Very nice. Thank you. Beta, I guess. (laughs) A bunch of jerks, man. From then on, she kept beating Mary every single day, multiple times a day. Even with the beatings, Elizabeth worked Mary every day for 18 hours. And at the end of the day, Mary was forced to sleep on a dirty mat in the kitchen. Ugh. The torture continued for her for months. Elizabeth would often whip her and beat her until the girl's back was raw and bleeding. Ugh, no, 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 no. Finally, Elizabeth, probably growing a little bored, 
decided to take in another apprentice. She returned to the Foundling Hospital and brought home one Mary Jones. So now I'm going to switch over to last names for the girls because they're all named Mary. They're all named Mary. <laughs> <laughs> they're orphans, right? Yes. God. Is that well, like a thing? They're, they're sometimes, maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's like the last name thing, like Jon Snow. I don't know. Yeah, but I was thinking Mary and John's. They're not all orphans. Some of them are like girls that are boys and girls who were older that were too much of a taxing. Like they were another mouth to feed. So the parents were like, we have to send you to the foundling hospital. Go go try to find work because I can't feed you anymore. So they weren't orphans. Yeah. Also, it's just a lazy name. <laughs> I say that because... All, most of my dad's side of the family, all the women are named some form of Mary at some point. Are you guys like, Italian? Uh, no, we're just very uh, repressed Catholics. So. Oh, there it is. That's uh, yeah. what it is. Mary, John, Paul. I mean, I'm yeah. a variant of Mary. I'm Maria, so yeah. in case you forgot. I was about to bring that up. I was like, Lori, um, are you insulting my wife? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm not personally sure how Elizabeth circumvented the 30-day check-in because there was supposed to be that same 30-day check-in at the end of the first month with the new apprentice, Mary Jones, where Mary Jones could have said something, probably. Right, and they would have seen the first girl. The first girl because she was often kept in the kitchen. Oh, you're so gullible. (laughs) There was no check-in. No, there was no check-in. Obviously, I was. That's what I was getting to. Is like obviously, I don't think it was that hard since they were like they had money, so right. Yeah. Yeah. No one really cared. What's she doing there? Oh, that's our pet dog. She looks yeah. like a girl. Yeah, that was it. I mean, I'm sure it was super easy where she just went back to the hospital, if at all, if not just written a letter and been like, she is perfectly happy here. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. God, what a bunch of monsters. <laughs> You can tell I'm not lying because I'm using my falsetto voice. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is fine. Nothing to worry about. Don't check in. Mary Jones and Mary Mitchell were simultaneously tortured day after day. But Jones, not yet as defeated to losing as Mitchell was, tried to escape several times. There you go. The first time Elizabeth found out, though, she stripped Jones naked, put her between two chairs, and beat her with a whip until Elizabeth collapsed from exhaustion. Wow. Wait, what does putting her between two chairs have to do with this? If she was to have her kind of like keel over the chair, she'd have to grab onto it, spreading her back out. And that's probably uh, she, she also probably forced her to hold on to both chairs, and if she let go, it'd probably beat her even more, you know, as opposed to like uh, collapsing to the ground. She's like, I can't yeah. do it. She's like, hold on for one more day. I know that there is pain. Wow, <laughs> I'm moving on. Oh, sorry, that was. <laughs> you know what? Now I feel a lot better about her. You should. <laughs> I was gonna go into the song. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put this on the podcast. I don't want that lady to hate me more. Oh, it's... (laughs) Somehow, Elizabeth also found out that Jones was terrified of drowning. So, I... Who isn't? Who isn't terrified? Is there one person who's like, eh, it sounds a bit all right? (laughs) Maybe when she she first got her as the apprentice, she was like, all right, what are your biggest fears? She's like, oh, drowning, not measuring up. drowning, yeah. Yeah. burning. <laughs> it's all good to know. The dog. Well, I'm actually my biggest fear is being taken in by a sociopath who tortures me. But seeing as how that's not going to happen, drowning. <laughs> you, you made her Australian. <laughs> I, I I switched now. I can't I go it. back. That's good. <laughs> biggest fears relationships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Commitments. Intimacy. The, the thought of never becoming a mother. <laughs> Taught shoes. Well, from that point forward, when she found out her biggest fears, Elizabeth would repeatedly hold the girl's head underwater until she was near death 
and then she would lift her up. On top of that, the entire (sighs) family, James, John, and Elizabeth, took to torturing her by waiting until she was scrubbing the floors and then forcing her head into the dirty water bucket next to her. Oh, man. Fucking monsters, man. They did this multiple times a day. And you know that that just really screwed them over because she's like, joke's on them. I don't scrub the floors. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm sure that was that tactic of hers really worked. I've been scrubbing the floor with orange juice. Every time you do it, it's lovely. Yeah. Although now, now whenever I smell orange juice, I sweat. (laughs) (laughs) I sweat. (laughs) Oh. Oh, Lori, that was redemption, man. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You're back. Back on the board. Ah, sweet. Each night, Jones was forced to sleep underneath a dresser in the master bedroom. That is fucking insane. Under a dresser? Under a dresser. Can you imagine? What is that? Like, at most, if they have a high dresser, which is probably really fucking tacky, Mm -hmm. it's a foot of space. Like Also... Maybe that would bother me so much when we were sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Well, we're not sociopaths. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Each morning, she would try the doors, only to always find them all locked, and of course, all the windows were barred up too. One very early morning, though, James left before the crack of dawn for a business trip. I'm sure it was a business trip. I'm sure he wasn't like, I gotta get out of this house. <laughs> Jones snuck out from underneath the dresser and out of the bedroom. She tried the front door and found it unlocked. Hello. She ran for her life. <gasps> Does she survive? She wandered for hours. Oh, that's a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, her, her voice went down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what else happened? No, no. She wandered for hours until a peddler was kind enough to take her back to the foundling hospital. The doctors found her heavily wounded and starved. She had gone blind in one eye, and her wounds had become infected from the water torture. Oh. Remember, she was whipped and beat every single day. Oh, man. She begged for them to go and free her friend Mary Mitchell. Instead, the hospital authorities wrote James a letter that said that the girl would not be returning to work for them and demanded he pay for the damages and mistreatment and control his wife. Obviously, (laughs) James didn't do anything. And the whole matter was just forgotten. I love how they he probably got the letter and they just went. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it was very, very much Ray Liotta and Goodfellas laughing. Yeah. (laughs) I hope you paid a fucking fine. (laughs) (laughs) Control your wife. (laughs) What kind of an English woman are you, Henry? Um. This is fucking so horrifying. Ugh, I, hate, uh. I hate it when someone's trapped in a situation and they're like, it's like a jail, but of someone else's design. Yeah, Ugh, it's so fucking annoying. Oh, God, and, and it's this- and also nobody does anything to help. Nobody like does they know what's help. happening. Yeah, yeah. That's the crazy part. It's like, help me, look at me, I am dying, and you finally made it out. It's it's like making it out of a horror movie. Yeah. And you make it out, and you say, my friend is still back there, we need to go back, and everybody's just like, hmm. Hmm. No. I'll write a letter. <laughs> it's okay. also... A strongly worded letter. <laughs> exactly. It's also the after effects that, that, like, torment the horror mind for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Also, the a letter is just very British. It's like, the pen is mightier than the sword. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very like, come on, come on, man. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's 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 another version of saying go fuck yourself. If I was Jones, that'd be come on, man, come on. So Elizabeth oh. had to replace Mary Jones, so she went down to the White Friars Parish workhouse for a new victim, because she couldn't go back to the Foundling Hospital since 
Rumors had begun to abound. So nothing official, not even though there's like a starved girl that is, has been beaten to death in front of them or near death. Ugh. Only rumors have abounded. Which I think they're beating those girls. <laughs> I think they are too. Well, what should we do about it? Oh, we shouldn't talk about it. We shouldn't spread rumors. Let's have some lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Tea? Yes. Tea always fixes things. Yes. Love tea. At the White Friars Parish, Mary Clifford was the unfortunate soul that Elizabeth took home that day. Mm. Now it's 1767. A note that that makes it two years since Mary Mitchell had been first taken to the Brown Rig house. Oh, that poor woman. And now Clifford, a yeah. big red dog. Oh my God. That's what I think of when I think of Clifford. Well, Clifford was given the same lice-infested, rotting rags to wear as Mitchell was. She was tied to a hook in the ceiling in the kitchen and beaten daily. Mm. Reportedly, Elizabeth regarded Clifford as especially stupid for some reason and beat the girl way more than she, was ever, than she ever beat Mitchell. Elizabeth was still working as a midwife this whole time. So as was the practice back then... Elizabeth took in a woman she was being a mid- acting as a midwife to. So every single time a woman gives birth, she moves in with her midwife? Not always. But oh, okay. Because Elizabeth was the head midwife of the parish, and that meant she cared for more destitute women, and women who were just, you know, ha- out of luck, that probably meant that she took him in. And then if it was like a particularly, going to be a particularly hard birth or something, it was normal for either the midwife to stay with you or vice versa. Oh. So a French woman came to stay with the brown rigs to deliver her child. While there, she saw the beaten Mary Clifford. Which, I, I'm like, I don't, these people aren't hiding it at all. They're always in the no. kitchen. The girls are kept in the kitchen most of the time, or the basement, as we'll learn later on. So she's probably seen the beatings as well as a completely disheveled woman. Clifford begged her for help, and the French woman instead scolded Elizabeth for her treatment of the girl. That's all. She didn't leave or anything. She just told her off about it a little. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm very upset with you. I don't know why I went Scottish. I am very upset. I don't know why my mind is Russian. I can't believe you did this to this girl. This is horrible. What is wrong with you? I'll be in my room. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Also, I want to order a glass of milk. Have her bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked up. Oh. After the confrontation, Elizabeth picked up a pair of scissors, went into the kitchen, cut Clifford's tongue in two places, <gasps> and said, Next time I will cut that wrecking tongue out completely. That's my voice of her. So some time passed, and in July 1767, something amazing happened. Mary Clifford's stepmother showed up at the front door of the Brown Rigs, asking to see the apprentice. Aw, shit. Aw, she gonna get it. We have no apprentices, said Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) We have no apprentices. (laughs) She's like, Something wrong with you? No. <laughs> no. Something wrong with you? <laughs> we don't have any apprentices. <laughs> but the stepmother said she knew the girl was here because the workhouse people had sent her there. Yeah, yeah right. Said, oh, snap. Let's go. Elizabeth threatened to call the police if the woman didn't leave them alone and slam the door. The Brownrigs neighbor, Mrs. Deacon, saw the whole thing go down and caught the stepmother before she left. She told her that the Brownrigs definitely have apprentices in there and that she had heard the girls moaning and groaning from the basement, notably on the weekends. The Brownrigs often left for their country home on the weekends and kept the Marys in the lightless basement without food and water. They are probably screaming for help. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. together, they went to the authorities. Now, 
That's great. That's amazing. But why did it take the neighbors so long? If she's been hearing these girls, there's no way you can't hear the girls screaming and then moaning, if, especially from the basement. Yeah. That means she heard them screaming for years, for years in the kitchen. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, look, nobody looks good in this, but I'm going to say that I think, you know, there's something to be said about just complete helplessness. And maybe the neighbor was just like, what, what the fuck can I do? All I can do is say, you know, I, I hear moaning and nobody, nobody can will probably believe me. No, the no, no, neighbor, no, 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 no. Excuse me, white lady. You guys are the best <laughs> at raising a ruckus over nothing. If you see, if y'all call the police, call the authorities and you're like, there's something going on across the street. I want you to check it out. And, and they keep calling. You guys, you guys get a result. <laughs> I'm talking about now. Na- I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about back then. Back then too. She should find no. her, her inner Karen that she has she definitely, in, in the 1700s. Yeah. Karen we did not. We did not find her inner Karen till the civil rights movement. You <laughs> have had your Karen for quite some time. Okay. Since the days of the ships. Lori's right. <laughs> to be fair, when white women took over the civil rights movement. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I was and saying because paraded it. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was saying because I was saying because people were starting to get representation. White women were like, "Oh my god!" I you know. I think in this situation, it's easy to say that the the timing of you know British proper properness and etiquette would be. Uh, a simple deterrent in someone's mind to not do the right thing. However, right and wrong, if you're just a good fucking person, like if you're good at your core and you hear somebody screaming, you're going to be like, holy shit, I need to help that person or what the fuck is going on at least. Well, okay. I, I-, I get that. Cash, I get that. But at the same time, you got to be like, look, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying she did the right thing. She obviously didn't do the right thing. Right. Until like the last possible moment. Absolutely. But- Absolutely. But what I'm saying is, is that like, look at the, like, like, for example, if the neighbors next door to you were torturing somebody, obviously I I expect you would, you would do something about it. But, but there's also a chance of like, well, if they're willing to torture these girls in public, what would they do to me if I told on them? You know, like, so I, I kind of get not, I kind of get waiting for, waiting for the cavalry, waiting for somebody else to say something to be like, okay, now I, I view myself as safe and I can jump in and help. I get, and I, I'm I not saying that. that's right. I'm just saying that, that I understand the neighbor more than anything else, sure. more than the, the foundling who wrote the letter to the husband, more than the, you know, anybody else. I completely, so. completely agree with you. I completely <laughs> agree with you. And I do think that there is one badass in the story so far. It's the fucking stepmother. Yeah, well, except for giving her child away, but yes, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Other stuff. Well, let's also just point out that hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> you true. know, That's so true. True. Yes. for everybody, even us, we're looking at this from two hundred. What is it? Two hundred years later? Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. We, we don't, don't know. know. Also, it's I mean, they probably like your neighbors aren't like a neighbor right now, where you're like, am I hearing moaning and groaning, or am I hearing a goat? You know? But not to even like not to say that these are here's where Lori talks about something that we're not gonna bring up in public. <laughs> Beep. I'm just saying admit your mistakes, but also hindsight is 2020. <laughs> we're in agreement that hindsight is 2020. You need to put the episode name of this and then in parentheses hindsight is 2020. <laughs> Well, I just, I just hope you cut it out at we're in agreement. Hindsight is twenty twenty. So people are like, what did they talk about beforehand that was cut out? Nothing. We talked not about nothing. 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 <laughs> None of your business. Yes. Shut yeah. up. <laughs> we all are perfect in every way, and we never once doubted anybody. Thank you. <laughs> it was a good episode. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> again, once again. I feel like sometimes I'm trying to cancel myself. <laughs> it was nuts. Oh. <laughs> it was nuts. It was nuts. <laughs> All right, moving moving on to the real criminal. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. That's great. So they go to the they go to the authorities. <laughs> 
While they did that, Deacon sent one of her servant girls to watch through a skylight of the brown rig house for any sign of the girls or any sign of movement. Again, why didn't you do this before? But okay, fine. Yes. Fine. She reportedly, the girl came, reported that she saw through the skylight a shapeless mass, which actually turned out to be Mitchell. And when her and a couple of other neighbors, when she came back, she told people what she saw, but said she couldn't get the what she assumed was a person's attention. She, um, Some people went back with her and looked through the skylight. They were able to get her to like make groans and, and like a little and shift a little, but not directly respond to them. Probably because she was so half dead that she couldn't even turn around to look up at the skylight. So the parish officials returned with the neighbor and stepmother to the brown rig house where James cracked open the door when they knocked. They demanded to see the girls, but James responded, we have no apprentices. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no apprentices. No girls here. <laughs> well, I, I actually kind of agree with, with your James impression because I imagine that he hasn't really talked in like two, two or three years. So, <laughs> for fear of his wife hitting him so he's probably like we have <coughs> excuse me i haven't talked in a while uh, <laughs> we have no apprentices yeah. i forgot how words work <laughs> the stepmother demanded to see mary clifford to which james I demand to see mary clifford yeah she actually said, show us Mary Clifford. Show us Mary Clifford. To which James responded that they had a Mary Mitchell in their employment, but no Mary Clifford. Oh. So and now the, you have an apprentice, huh? Mm. Oh. In the house, Elizabeth and John listened while they gathered a few belongings and then fled out the back door. Get the, your stuff. Get your bitches. <laughs> Let's go. Get out the gold. <laughs> the parishioners told him to show them Mary Mitchell, and James begrudgingly called Mary Mitchell to the door. After upon, upon seeing her, Mary Mitchell was immediately taken away by coach to the hospital, which I like to imagine is funny because it's not an ambulance, so it's super soft. Yeah. And bumpy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, get her in the couch. Get her now. Get her now. Get her in the buggy. Get her in the couch. Just... Get her now. She's got to go to the hospital. Come on. Get her in there. It's all... just one of the tan. It's just one of those tandem, like where the like see what is it called, like a seesaw, where it's like a guy running in front and holding a cart behind him, and oh, he's just going. A rickshaw? A rickshaw. A rickshaw, that's it. <laughs> Wrong continent. <laughs> terrible, terrible. Hey, not the worst thing I've said today. Not the worst. So <laughs> they apparently all left with the coach ambulance because after the doctors examined her, then the parishioners went back for Mary Clifford. It's like, why did you all Just leave? Stay. <laughs> what? But this time. All right. <laughs> all right. We're going to go have some tea. We're going to go yeah. have a bit of some comfits. I and then we'll they, be back. Yeah. They dropped her off at the hospital. And then they went to add some tea. <laughs> oh, my God. How so, insane. So unfortunate. And then this time they went back. And they brought the police with them, which is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I hope to God this woman's alive, but I, I have a strong feeling that she's not. When they barged in, James was drunk at the table, and he roared for them to get out of his house. He threatened them with lawyers and with the police, to which the parishioners responded, the police are already with us. And then the police came in and searched the house. Pretty badass. That part's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah. That is pretty, pretty badass. Yeah. Ha ha ha, you asshole. They searched and found Mary Clifford crammed into a cupboard. Ugh. They described her as more dead than alive. Her body mm. her body was covered in ulcers. 
She had countless gashes on her head, and her mouth had been cut so she could not speak. Oh, poor girl. Mary Clifford was rushed to the hospital as well. As the girl was rushed away, one of the men in the crowd made it into the house, grabbed James by the throat, and hurled him against the wall, shouting, I'd like to give the bastard what he gave that girl. And James responded, Not me! It was a wife who done it all! (laughs) The police arrested James, but Elizabeth and her son were still on the run. I'm still gonna fuck you. (laughs) All right, all right. Here we go. (laughs) Be gentle. (laughs) You've done this before. Yes, I have. Hey, you a nice piece of ass. Thanks, mate. All right, here we go. And you're fucking me. And, and we're doing it. And, and it's happening. Fucking me on. All right. And I'm done. Ah, nice. Solid finish. Tea? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Guys, this is... We, we've we've really... Back, we should be really proud of ourselves. Back off we're the board really for everybody. Doing terrible. <laughs> so they had managed to make their way to Wandsworth which is about an eight, eight miles from Fleur de Lis Street where they lived. If that's where their house was. I Google mapped that part, so it might not be right. Streets change all the time. <laughs> they registered at an inn under fake names. On August 9th, Mary Clifford died because of her injuries. By this time, Elizabeth's torture had sparked a nationwide search for the woman. Newspapers gave her description as well as her son's, with one reading that she was, quote, a middle-sized woman of swarthy complexion near 50 years of age, remarkably smooth of speech, and then it described what she wore, which was a black silk crepe or bombazine gown, a black silk whalebone bonnet, and a purple petticoat flounced. Uh, The innkeeper just so happened to read this particular description, and turned over his two guests to the authorities, thinking that it was them. He said that they had stayed with him for five days so far and were really paranoid when they, whenever approached. Who's that? What you doing? Why are you here? Where are you going? I'm here with your breakfast. Relax. Go on. Elizabeth was taken to Newgate Prison across from the Old Bailey to await trial. For every day that passed before her trial, crowds gathered at the prison, demanding public justice, and threatened to break into the prison for Elizabeth. Good. So that the public could have her for themselves. That's what I want. I want street justice. Street justice. Street justice. (laughs) Justice of the streets. (laughs) I'm a justice of the streets. Welcome to street court. (laughs) at the old bailey elizabeth remained silent as mary mitchell testified against her it's amazing to me that mary mitchell survived she was there the longest yeah oh god i mean there's just certain times in my life where i'm just like no i'll never be that strong (laughs) i would have made it (laughs) yeah oh obviously you and Maria would have been, you and Maria probably would have like overpowered them and started your own, you know, nonprofit organization. <laughs> I would, I would have been like, I would just, you'll be dead on the floor. This is our, this is our friend who died because she didn't want to sleep under a cupboard. <laughs> to be fair, I think by sheer height, we would probably overpower eight, most 18th century English people, well to do yeah. people, hey, including you. Including you, Lauren. I think, you know, they're not they're not the strongest of folk. They they like you know, they consume powder like most of the day in one form or another. Yeah. It's either like on their faces, makeup or like in their coffee or the cocaine that they have. They don't even have cocaine yet. No. They well, can't. I mean, I was gonna bring it up I forgot to bring it up before, but I but that the Mary Mitchell, she was the one who was the first one, right? Yeah. She was Mary Mitchell. Okay. Think of what a badass bitch she is. Yeah. She, that woman, Elizabeth, got tired beating the crap out of her. Yeah. Like, that's how much of a badass bitch as Mary Mitchell is. She took the beating 
and exhausted her. Like it's like a boxer who who wins because he just lets the other guy punch him till he gets tired. It's crazy. <laughs> and she's like, only oh and she's only like sixteen or seventeen by the time that God they damn. find her. Wow. She she should rule. I think I think there should be an automatic you get to be president for a year. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, you're the queen or at least a, a duchess or something now. Yeah, you get to make rules for at least a year if you if you survive that amount of torture. You get to you you just tell us what to do for a year. Yeah. Mary Mitchell detailed all the cruel torture that she had inflicted that Elizabeth had inflicted upon her and the other girls. And she also and she was the one that said that Elizabeth was particularly cruel with Mary Clifford for some reason. Elizabeth was found guilty of murder and condemned to death. But James and her son John were fined one shilling each and given six months in prison. And you know they were total bitch about bitches about it. You know that like one shilling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have to pay at all. And they just were like, asshole, God, my bed's not comfortable. (laughs) On September 14th, 1767, the day of her execution, Elizabeth was transported in an open cart to Tyburn. Good. During her journey there, she turned to God and begged for forgiveness. Nope. Nope. Oh, ha ha, loser. The crowd that gathered to see her death was enormous, and all the way there, it kept growing, and they started fighting to try to get to her cart. I'm a little torn about that. I feel like the only people who should have been allowed to witness it were the people who came to the girl's defense, because everybody else was like, fuck you, you're a, you're a last minute, you're a late, late to the game kind of person. This is World Wrestling Federation. In 18th century England, okay? You can't take this away from the people. Public execution is the name of the game. (laughs) I'll tell you why it's not world wrestling, because it's real. So, you know. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, we don't care. I'm I'm sure some listeners are going to be like, what the fuck? And we'll be like, yeah, whatever. I'd be. I would love it if this was Brian James O'Connell's first time listening to this. He's gonna get really upset. <laughs> You'd be like, "God damn it!" He's just like, "You've learned nothing, Lori." You see a great director, great yeah. improv teacher, and true believer in wrestling. Oh, loves it. I mean, but it is it is real. We're not gonna get into it, but it you know, like you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, you're gonna get hurt. Um, well, acting is real, but it, it, to, to that extent, anyway, storyline. You can't take away a public <laughs> hanging. This is all they have, Lori. There's no television. What? Not book, books aren't like a thing. You can't go and get a book. You have to go get a oh, scroll, yeah. and first you have to learn how to read, and you have time for that. A scroll. And and back in those days, real men wrote poetry. So so just imagine having to read somebody's yeah. poetry. I think. Oh, it's exhausting. I think that. She should have gotten torn apart by the crowd. Oh, yeah. I think that that is way more horrifying than a public execution. Yeah, but the law, you know, is the law. So I am the law! (laughs) (laughs) It should have been like a perfume situation, or I forgot what that book was where he just, yeah, they just let her walk into the crowd and then the crowd just devours her. Don't ruin the movie for people. Oh, all right. Well, take it out then. Again, another thing that I have to be <laughs> Well, now we'll leave it in so that people are like, what was it? What the fuck did she say? <laughs> what? How? Okay, let's think of all the terrible things Lori could say uh, and let's all just talk about what it could be. <laughs> it was a lot, guys. So the, <laughs> so the troops that were carrying her cart had to fight their way to make it to the scaffolding in Tyburn. When they got there, they began dismantling the scaffolding to get to the woman. Once on the scaffold, she shouted, I freely admit my guilt, as a way to try to calm down the crowd. They're like, no, 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 uh-uh. Oh, my God. The executioner was nervous that they were really going to dismantle the scaffold, 
So he hurriedly put the rope around her neck and hung her. And immediately her body was transferred to the surgeon's hall where she, oh. was, where she was dissected and her skeleton hung in the front door of the anatomy theater for decades. Hmm. Yeah. And that's the end of Brown Rig. There's a little part of me, very sadistic part, that just hopes that her neck was broken so she couldn't move, but she could feel everything about the oh, dissection. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, maybe. Huh. That a little awful part of me that I need to work on. But, you know, not right now. So The pain! <laughs> yeah you fit right in i don't know why you're opposed to the crowd i mean you fit right in with them yeah you're holding up a sign something 316 damn her <laughs> shoot her <laughs> shoot her <laughs> off go. with her head <laughs> i don't know what's up with my british accent today it's not good Usually it's spot on. Here's what you need to do. Oh, don't you give her need, pointers. You don't. You, don't you just know. need to think. No, no, no. You just need to think about a uh, a crack, a person on crack who's traveling the streets of San Francisco. Then boom, you have a spot on English. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everybody for listening to Buddy Podcast. Um, oh, we're ending on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Remember, everybody, hindsight's twenty twenty. <laughs> about things you say on podcasts about <laughs> about everything so all right well thanks maria this was a very spooky tale yeah. so oof yeah oof, oof. pretty good cool i'm glad everybody enjoyed it we'll be back next week with more spookiness for the month of october and check Ooh. us out on patreon and yes instagram sweet dreams